Hello. Hello. Thank you for that single. Who did the single clap? Was that you? Side was oh, it was Nate. I was I was totally guessing sideburns. Sideburns McGinty. Sideburns McGinty. Have any of you met Sideburns McGinty lately? He's a good man. Sideburns McGinty? Meet him. After service, meet him. So welcome tonight. Um, like I said earlier, I hope you've had a good day. Hope it's gotten better since you've came here. Um, man, I am so excited for next week. I'm excited about tonight, but I'm really still stoked about next week. I don't know. I'm just kind of all jacked up, waiting for the sex machine to start. Um, want to encourage you guys. Man, everyone has someone who they can probably find, who they can bring here. It might be difficult. might be hard. might be really easy. But I think probably all of us have someone who we can find. And um, I mean, that's me included. And that's, I know my crew that I know is pretty hard. And I, I admit, I know some of you guys probably think it's going to be hard to get someone here. And, you know, if you can't get someone, it's cool. But, you know, don't come here not having tried. Because I hope you feel conviction if you walk in and you think, I didn't even try to bring someone here. That's just lame. And we're not lame here in Steadfast, are we? No, we are not lame. We are the opposite of lame. Anti-lame. We are ML, backwards lame. All right. Tonight, I wanted to talk to you guys um, about something. Don't laugh. <laughs> wow. Yes, I'm weird. I want to talk about something that's been kind of a, an influence on my own life. Uh, I decided, I was thinking about what we needed to talk about before Sex Machine. Um, this has been, you know, months ago, and um, different ideas, and I was thinking about different things that I could talk about, and I was thinking, I want to share with you guys, just kind of before we start, in this last week, this last opportunity that we have, well, I mean, we have time during during Sex Machine series, but this last time, right before this, um, just kind of putting a fire in your hearts, hopefully. Man, have I been talking about I've been talking about move, and I've been talking about monotony. And if, if anything, on this off month, our theme has definitely been um, just about action, hasn't it? And just like, man, just, just going with it. So tonight's kind of a continuation of this. It's, it's different. It's not like a big message, but I just wanted to share something with you. Um, a huge influence in my life uh, for the past few years. And um, it's a poem. And I know some of you guys already probably know what it is. Because um, after reading this poem uh, a few years back, it kind of seeped into my heart. And there's people in this audience who I know I or my family probably shared this with you guys. And some of you guys maybe found it elsewhere. But it's kind of traveled around. And actually, what's really funny about it is I think I've been taught this poem more than I've taught it even though um, I think I probably shared it with some of you guys and my family shared it with, you, with a lot of you guys. Um, but I've been taught it more than I've, I've, I've taught it to others because people who I know have grasped a hold of it and felt something special inside of it. Um, the poem is uh, of considerable length, uh, but aptly called The Vision. And that's what I want to talk to you guys tonight, is about vision. You personally... What is 
vision inside of your life. We just talked all about move last week, and um, that's definitely something in our hearts. But, but what, what kind of vision do we have? Um, why would I just read you a poem? And I think it's because what you're going to see in it, hopefully what you'll see in it uh, as I read it for you. The first time I read it, it started out a lot like everything else that you read. It's just words on a page. Um, I'm kind of anti, not anti, but I'm not very artsy. So when I see a poem, I'm not very, like, intrigued. Very rarely do I see a poem and like, ooh, can't wait to read it. Um, so probably when I started it, I started it skeptically just to read a, read a poem. Um, but after reading even just the first few sentences, I felt something different. Something different inside myself. Um, it was more than just a poem. A few sentences into it, into it, I realized that I wasn't just reading a literary work. Not words conjured just to be put on a piece of paper for sale or to express someone's views, but I was reading prophecy. Now, if you guys know much about, about prophecy, but if we go back to the old days, especially in the Bible, uh, God had to speak through prophets. What he would do is certain people really got it. Certain people really committed their lives to God. And what he would do is he'd use these people and call them as his prophets. And it talks about in the Old Testament how he would basically start to put his heart in these people so that they felt what he felt. And he would take and he would put words and he would put wisdom inside of these men. And they would take and they'd go to these, these large groups of people, maybe whole cities, and they would go in and as a prophet, they would deliver what God was saying to these people because the people didn't know it. The people were blind to it. So one person maybe would be called for an entire nation of people. And in his heart would just be God's words to speak to these people. Um, like I said, a prophet would actually feel God's heart and then use his speech or his action, like almost in the case of Ezekiel, if you remember when I taught about him, to prove uh, what it was that God was saying. And this is what I felt when I read this, when I read this prophetic word telling God's heart for our generation, our generation itself. Um, we're not too old yet, but we're getting there. And that's the sad truth. Um, I love college age. It's really cool. I like my age right now, where I'm at, and I love uh, you guys. Like, seriously, I think it's a really awesome age uh, for ministry, like what we've done here and stuff like that. But what's scary is we're getting old fast. And that's just the truth. Man, life is going to come at us a lot faster than you think. And before long, you're going to be tied into jobs, marriages, different things that are going to pull all your attention. And I think this is a call for our generation, but we have to grasp it fast. Or otherwise, God's going to take some of those things away from us and give them to the next generation, just like I said he did to our parents, for us. So, I believe that if you read this poem, as I read it with you, but if you read it inwardly, not outwardly, most of what we read is read outwardly, isn't it? We just read it a lot of times to speak it to someone else, or we just, we just read it because we have to read it. But if you read it in an inward action, applying your own emotions to it, not letting the writer's emotions simply carry it, and then applying your own heart to it, that I think you're actually going to see what I'm talking about tonight. So, 
with no further ado, I want to share it with you guys because I've talked about it enough, right? I have copies for each and every one of you of the vision. Let's grab a few of these. Ryan, we take like, I don't know, maybe start passing some at the front and start passing some at the back too. And then you kind of get around. Either way. Or just take all of them and just throw them in the air. Either way. But I want everyone to get a, get a copy. And um, also, can someone do me a favor and can someone go in the closet, Nicole, maybe? Could you get pens for us? And everyone's going to need a pen, too. I told you it's different because we're kind of doing an activity tonight. Not a lot, but. And don't start reading it yet. Wait for me. Wait for me. Wait for me. Have patience. I know, but just wait. Share it with me. We'll partake together just like communion. Does everybody have one? Does everyone have a pen yet? No. Do you guys have copies back there? Oh. Hey, Ryan, could you do me a favor? Could you grab two more copies and run them back to the girls in the sound booth? I'm not going to proceed until everyone has one. You have two? Good job. Congratulations. I'm actually cold right now. I'm cold. You want to turn off this front fan so Cassie isn't so cold? Does everyone have a copy and a pen? Copy and a pen. Raise your hand if you have a copy. People are so slow. Yeah, there we go. Everyone should raise their hand. That's the idea. All right. All right. And I want to read it, and I want you guys to follow along with me just like back in school. <laughs> I could be a teacher. All I have to do is yell at kids a lot, right? All right. Everyone ready? All right. So this guy comes up to me and says, what's the vision? What's the big idea? I open my mouth and words come out like this. The vision? The vision is Jesus. Obsessively, dangerously, undeniably, Jesus. The vision is an army of young people. You see bones? I see an army. And they are free from materialism. They laugh at nine-to-five little prisons. They could eat caviar on Monday and crust on Tuesday. They wouldn't even notice. They know the meaning of the matrix, the way the West was won. They're mobile like the wind. They belong to the nations. They need no passport. People write their addresses in pencil and wonder at their strange existence. They are free, yet they are slaves of the hurting and dirty and dying. What's the vision? The vision is holiness that hurts the eyes. It makes children laugh and adults angry. It gave up the game of minimum integrity long ago to reach for the stars. It scorns the good and strains for the best. It is dangerously pure. Light flickers from every secret motive, every private conversation. It loves people away from their suicide leaps, their Satan games. This is an army that will lay down its life for the cause. A million times a day, its, its soldiers choose to lose that they might one day win the great well done of faithful sons and daughters. Such heroes are as radical on Monday morning as Sunday night. They don't need fame from names. Instead, they grin quietly upwards and hear the crowds chanting again and again, 
come on. And this is the sound of the underground. The whisper of history in the making, foundations shaking, revolutionaries dreaming once again. Mystery is scheming in whispers. Conspiracy is breathing. This is the sound of the underground. And the army is disciplined. Young people who beat their bodies into submission. Every soldier would take a bullet for his comrade at arms. The tattoo on their back boasts, For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Sacrifice fuels the fire, fuels the fire of victory in their upward eyes. Winners, martyrs. Who can stop them? Can hormones hold them back? Can failure succeed? Can fear scare them or death kill them? And the generation prays like a dying man, with groans beyond talking, with warrior cries, sulfuric tears, and with great barrel loads of laughter, waiting, watching, 24-7, 365. Whatever it takes, they will give, breaking the rules, shaking mediocrity from its cozy little hide, laying down their rights and their precious little wrongs, laughing at labels, fasting essentials. The advertisers cannot mold them. Hollywood cannot hold them. Peer pressure... Pressure is powerless to shake their resolve at late-night parties before the cockerel cries. They're incredibly cool, dangerously attractive, inside. On the outside, they hardly care. They wear clothes and co- like costumes to communicate and celebrate, but never to hide. Would they surrender their image or their popularity? They would lay down their very lives, swap seats with a man on death row, guilty as hell, a throne for an electric chair. With blood and sweat and many tears, with sleepless nights and fruitless days, they pray as if it all depends on God and live as if it all depends on them. Their DNA chooses Jesus. He breathes out, they breathe in. Their subconscious sings they had a blood transfusion with Jesus. Their words make demons scream in shopping centers. Don't you hear them coming? Herald the weirdos, summon the losers and freaks. Here come the frightened and forgotten with fire in their eyes. They walk tall and trees applaud. Skyscrapers bow. Mountains are dwarfed by these children of another dimension. Their prayers summon the hounds of heaven and invoke the ancient dream of Eden. And this vision will be. It will come to pass. It will come easily. It will come soon. How do I know? Because this is the longing of creation itself. The groaning of the spirit. The very dream of God. My tomorrow is his today, my distant hope is his 3D, and my feeble, whispered, faithless prayer invokes a thunderous, resounding, bone-shaking, great amen from countless angels, from heroes of the faith, from Christ himself. And he is the original dreamer, the ultimate winner, guaranteed. When you look through this poem, man, it's good, isn't it? I wouldn't have read it to you if it wasn't. There's so much in it that's good. When I read through it the first time, I'm like, man. And then you read it through a second time. I'm like, man. You read through it like a third time and a fourth time. And every time there's so many interesting things inside of it, so many powerful things inside these words that are put down. Like I said, it's not a poem, but man, there's prophecy inside these, inside these columns, inside these words. Now, many things in this, as you might notice, or maybe you don't, you can already see are pulled from Scripture. Man, they come right out of the Bible. You know, talking about stuff like, uh, you see bones, I see an army. All the, these different things pulled back from Scripture. You know, before the cockerel cries, talking about different instances and kind of pairing them with uh, stories of the Bible. When I read this, though, more than anything, it gives me a picture of the person that I wish to be. When I read this, 
it's more than just words, but it burns in me because that's a vision that touches my heart. That when I read it, I think, man, that's the kind of person that I want to be. That's the kind of force that I want to see me and my friends be. It burns inside of me. Um, just like I talked about that word, move, being burned on our hearts. When I read this, I think, man, that is so much for me. That is exactly it. And there's a few things in here that really stand out to me. And I, we're going to do more with this in just a little bit. But man, there are some points in this that just really stand out what this vision means. I mean, when you read this, is this does this not egg on your heart and just make your spirit think, yeah, seriously? There are a few things that really stand out, though, that make this vision possible. Without it, you wouldn't even see it. How did I lose my Bible? Does anyone know where it's at? It's in the back. I was going to say, I, it was like a magic trick. I just lost it. There are a few, I, I, I found three things inside of, this, inside of this poem that really stood out to me as being focused, centers. If you look at this and you think, man, that's what I want for my life, there are a few things inside this that absolutely stand out. The first is focus. Focus inside of this prayer. And the focus is quite simple. It's Jesus Christ. We see this from the very beginning in which he starts saying, what's the vision? It's Jesus. Obsessively, dangerously, undeniably, Jesus. If you want to see this vision come true in your life, you're going to have to have focus. A very, very tight center. And you're going to have to absolutely just fall upon that and let that be, I mean, everything. Matthew 22, 35 through 40. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for you. Talking about a story where a man comes up, a religious scholar, and he spoke um, to the crowds and to Jesus. And he says, Teacher, what command in God's law is most important? And Jesus simply said, Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer, and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there's a second that said alongside it, love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hangs from them. So he says, the first on any list is just love the Lord your God with everything that you have in you. And that's the focus that I see inside of this. You look at it and he talks about Jesus being the very center. He talks about the fact that my DNA chooses Jesus. Sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes I feel like even if I didn't decide on my own, like my spirit itself would just burst out of me because of how awesome he is. My subconscious sings. I love that. But you have to have your focus. And it's not going to work unless your focus is Jesus Christ. Um, more and more, since I've become a Christian, you, know, it, you think it would go opposite. You think you get saved and Jesus' sacrifice for your sins would be really, really weighty right then. And after a while, it would kind of decrease. And after a certain period of time, like you would kind of start to forget about it. And maybe that did happen to me. But what I've noticed more in just the past few years of really getting serious about God is that that sacrifice has gotten heavier and heavier every single year, every single day that I believed it and I counted on it. Just like so many of us have said before, that we took Jesus in as, as basically um, our belief on how we're going to make it. Man, he is, I mean, he's my ticket to heaven. That's the truth. Otherwise, I am destined for hell. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. Like I've, 
said a hundred times, you know, the wages of sin is death. I sinned and I earned death. But that because of Jesus' death on the cross and because of his blood that paid for that, I get to go to heaven if I believe in him and I count on him. I mean, I believe that, but more and more every single year, this increasing realization when I hear the words and when I hear it in a song or when I hear about Jesus Christ's sacrifice, that it's heavier than it's ever been. Finally, maybe realizing how important it really is. Understanding how, I guess, unworthy I am and putting that into practice. But Jesus has to be the center. Don't let ministry, don't let someone else be your center, but you have to make Jesus the center if this is going to work, if you're going to actually become something like this vision. The second thing that stood out to me, discipline. Discipline is key. In this poem, he talks a number of times about the discipline shown in these people who have caught the vision. He talks about the fact, literally, that the army is disciplined. He takes and he basically writes uh, discipled, and he puts in inside of it. He says, young people who beat their bodies in submission, every soldier would take a bullet for his comrade at arms. That discipline, a tattoo on their back boasts for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. The cutting away of, of, of sin and the removal of the things in our life that draw us away. Because whatever it takes, they'll give breaking rules, shaking mediocrity from its cozy hides, laying down their rights and their precious little wrongs. That discipline is exactly what's going to have to happen in our lives if we want to really catch this vision. Um, anything good, as I probably said to you guys before, anything good costs something. And maybe that's why the, the message of Jesus has kind of gotten lax. Because people preach it as the fact is that Jesus is a free gift. And man, he is, he's just free. And maybe people think that, that's, that it doesn't carry any weight then. You know, after a while, you've heard it so many times that it's just like it's cheap. But it's not the truth. Man, it costs a lot. When you talk about, about what it means, that, that discipline that comes with it, um, you know, honestly when you say that you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, I hope you guys understand that there is a whole line of discipline that comes with that that should follow. And that's not to scare you guys, but it's the truth. God expects stuff from us. He is, I mean, God's salvation is free, and that's the truth, man. I'm a sinner, and I'll continue to be a sinner until the day I die. But here's the deal. God already set down stuff that he says he doesn't like and he likes. And I have to discipline myself and say, basically like, I mean, he's like my general, right? And he said, this is what I care for and this is what I don't. And I have to discipline myself to say, I'm going to honor what he says is good and what he says is wrong. And I'll fight for that discipline. And I'll, I will, you know, he says, beat your bodies into submission, even at times when it's painful to yourself to follow that discipline. If you say you're a follower of Christ, you have to commit yourself to a life of discipline. People act like Christianity is the easy way out. You know what I mean? Like people say like that's for those people who couldn't figure life out or, you know, they're just like losers in life. They just needed Jesus Christ. Man, that is not the case. The life of a Christian is a disciplined one. It's one of always, not just living, but looking at your life and saying, how can I become better? How can I make my life more pure? Man, that is a, that's a hard life. I've said it before, and not to take anything away because I haven't been a girl, but I'm a Christian man. 
I said, the walk of a Christian man is a hard walk. It is not easy. Much harder than my secular friends who walk the shoes of a man. Theirs is easy. They do whatever they want whenever they want. They're fools. But man, the walk of a Christian man is a hard walk to follow. It is a disciplined walk. The same with a Christian woman. That it's going to take a life of discipline. I like um, what Paul says in, in Hebrews uh, 12. And he's talking about, man, all the people in the past that just stood out as these shining examples of what God was. He has this whole list of different people and everything that happened in their life. And then he goes on and he says, but do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins, keeping your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race that we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. I love it. You see what he says? He says, man, there's already these great examples of who God is in men. And he says, you know what that means? It's not to look back and say, those guys had it. It's to say, now you get it too. Discipline. He says, man, when you feel like your faith is slipping... He says, look at how Christ did it because he accomplished it. He says, study how he did it and follow that same path. A disciplined life to accomplish what this vision has. Absolutely. And third, and man do I love it because it fits exactly what we're saying, is move. The third thing that I see in this, in this poem is move. I mean, the heart of everything we've been talking about for this past quarter of a year Move, not just talking about it, but man working on it. You listen to some of these things that he says in there. He talks about being mobile like the wind, belonging to the nations, needing no passport. I love he says people will write their address in pencil. People write their address in pencil. Like they're going to send a letter, but they might as well not put ink down because by the time they send the letter, they might have to erase it and put something else. Because they don't throw down like, like they won't move, but they're just, they're moving. I love the fact it says that it loves people away from their suicide leaps and their Satan games. Absolutely. The sound of the underground. Revolutionaries dreaming once again. Mystery is scheming. Conspiracy is breathing. That group of people who are willing to move. Perhaps one of my favorite areas, a generation that prays like a dying man with groans beyond talking with warrior cries, sulfuric tears, and with great barrel loads of laughter. Watching, waiting, 24-7, 365. Talks about action, man, in, in your own personal life, in prayer. Man, just focus and absolute just movement in what we're going to do. Possibly the coolest section, um, but it's all yours. You guys are going to look at it in just a second. I love the part where it talks about these people. And it says, as they walk, they walk tall and trees will applaud skyscrapers bow and mountains are dwarfed by these children of another dimension man they're moving and they're just you see how much God is proud of that that it's going to take movement 
working for it, man, not waiting, that it has to take that, that forward action. I read it to you, I believe, last week or maybe a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to read it to you again because it's awesome in James, talking about our action that has to come with it. Remember this. Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can, har- I can already hear one of you agreeing, saying, Sounds good. You take care of the faith department, and I'll handle the works department. But not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith, fit together hand in glove. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you had done something wonderful? Well, that's just great. Demons do that. But what good does it do them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? that there has to be action, movement. If you say you caught this vision, just like I talked about last week, man, don't just catch a word, but what is the action behind that? You see this vision, man, what is the action that's stirring in your heart already when you hear these words? What does it mean to you personally? How are you going to move? What are you actually going to do in your life about it? So, when you read these words, though, are they just words, or does it actually grab you? Because when I read it, it grabbed me. Maybe some of you guys are thinking, I don't know. Maybe we'll read it again. But does it actually grab you and maybe make you want to be more than you are today? Here's what I want you to do. We're going to take a few minutes together. Well, together apart. <laughs> it's funny, because we're not working together, but we're all together going to work apart. So, it's important. Here's what I want you to do. For a few minutes, I want you guys to reread through this. And get out your pens. The first time you read through it, I want you to underline things that just stand out to you. Okay? Underline sections that, or, or words, or whatever, phrases, that just stand out to you. You don't have to have any particular reason for it whatsoever. As you read through it the first time, just underline things that jump off the page to you. Read all the way through it, okay? Then what we're going to do is after we read through it once and just underline, we're going to go back and we're going to take and we're going to box or bracket in areas that we underlined or maybe areas we didn't that we forgot or missed. Areas that stand out and apply to your life right now. That when you look at them, you see, man, yeah, this is my life. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I see. This is the movement. And then I want you to read through it one more time. And what I want you to do is this time read through and see if anything jumps out that you say, this is where I'm failing. So the first time, just underline anything that you see that's interesting. The second time, I want you to underline things that you're saying, man, this is my life right now. Maybe this is like what I see as the action. When I read this, man, this stands out to me. This is who I want to be. And the third time, though, I want you to read through, and I want you to take and either highlight, make a mark next to stuff that you stand out that just says, man, 
but here I am falling short. Okay? So grab a pen, and let's just start through it. Because of time, you guys don't have to stop working whatsoever. Um, I know some of you guys have really good stuff to write down. Some of you guys are finished. But just because of uh, the time, I'm going to um, kind of wrap this up. You guys can keep on working. But what I wanted to issue this as is um, this vision. The whole reason why I gave it to you is because I truly believe that if you, if you don't have vision, you're not going to make it in life. You're not going to. When I read this vision, it's much of my own heart, but if you grab a hold of a vision like this, you're going to go much farther, much faster, and accomplish much more. So um, what I want you guys to do is I want you to take this, I want you to take it home, and I want you to keep it. Don't throw it away. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it. And the idea with this is it's a really good visual representation. To read it again, because it's a great poem, but to read it again and once again look inwardly at that, that when you look at the things that um, are important to you, when you look at the things that stand out, and especially when you look at the things that you say, these are things that I need to do better in my life. These are the things that I'm going to become. And you have these things that you maybe even wrote down that your actions, and that you read over this, and this is a really good way of keeping track and saying, man, am I doing better than that, or am I just the same old person? So it's just something to look at and to keep track of. You can say, you know, I, I identified this, this. When I went back through and I, I wrote down those things, some of the things that I underlined I didn't even think about the fact, like, when I underlined them as, like, I need to do better at this, and I thought about, like, how am I going to actually make this happen, though? You know, if you can't figure it out, maybe even ask somebody else, like, what do you think? Because, like, I know I need to do better in this area of my life. But I want to, I want to pray with you guys, and like I said, you guys can continue to work. We're not going to crank up music yet. We'll let you guys continue to work on it, but if you guys do need to go, I understand that because it's getting late, close to 9.30, so if you guys got to get home for class or whatever tomorrow. Um, I just want to pray with you guys before you go. I want to tell you that I absolutely love you guys. Um, that's definitely one thing that got brought to mind, is I really do love you guys a lot. And uh, I find it an honor to be able to share Tuesday night, uh, Thursday nights with you guys. So let's pray. Um, Jesus, I thank you just for the time that we got to spend tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you're still speaking through people. Um, just in this poem, Lord, that I believe has prophetic statements inside of it. I pray to you, God, that... Um, you would just continue to birth in our hearts, Lord God, just this vision. Jesus, that you want us to have um, just that focus on you, Lord, to really discipline our bodies and to continue to move, Lord God. And I just pray to you, God, that as we read these words and maybe as we read them this next week or a few weeks from now and as we look back at them, these are going to be things that are going to strike up ideas in our mind um, that are going to remind us that we can be someone better. And if we catch this vision that we can truly accomplish grand things, Lord God, and I pray to you that um, just that, Lord, would, would perpetuate what's going to happen um, in steadfast and in people's individual lives uh, this next year. I thank you, Jesus Christ, and it's in your name that I pray. Amen.